Most of the time, we review books that we really like here on The Book Boys. Other times, we review books that stink. And when a book really stinks, we get fussy. So this is a warning that sometimes we'll swear on this podcast, or sometimes the material that we're reviewing will be adult in nature. So keep that in mind as you listen to this week's episode. Okay, Ben, I'm recording because you demanded I do it. Uh, ben and I were just talking about uh, behind-the-scenes inside industry talk about should we shorten this discussion about the chapters that we've read. Uh, don't read all the chapters. So it makes it easier to edit and the shows don't go so long. Then Ben says, why aren't you recording? I got a lot I want to say about that. So here we are. What do you want to say, Ben? I feel like you just didn't read all the chapters you were supposed to. No, I did. I read all Is the that chapters. Why you're was, that, was that your hot take? We had to make sure we're recording. <laughs> yeah. I not only read them, I have extensive notes because for some reason this batch okay. of chapters was the most offensive out of any of the books in any of the chapters I've read. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Save it for the show. All right. Do you want to shorten the chapters, Ben? Split this one know. into that's, two? Uh, that's hard to say. I mean, <laughs> then what? Why are we recording this right now? <laughs> Because this is gold. It could be gold. Because how many times have we stopped recording and then we say stuff like, oh, shit, we should have been recording that. That was great. I suppose. Well, we're keeping this. This goes in the show no matter how boring it is because you demanded it. Let's just dive in. Uh, Ben, before we start, we are. Yeah. What are we both drinking right now? I'm having a Cape Cotter because I'm an adult and I can have a cocktail on a Sunday night if I so choose. <laughs> I am also. This is the drink that Gretchen told us about two episodes ago. Uh, oh, you are. You're. Oh, I was confused by your picture. I didn't know that you were having one. Yes, I am. I made it. That's what the oh, thing is. I well, even that's... bought. I bought a special copper cup from the liquor store next to the vodka aisle. It's supposed to be for Russian mule drinks. But I'm like, well, that's yeah. a fancy-looking cup. That could become my show cup. That's why I drink tea out of. That's why I drink anything out of. Uh, so now I have this fancy well, that, copper cup. Yeah, so that's what confused me, that you're drinking it out of a mule cup and not, as the recipe called for, a tall glass over ice. That's not a tall glass. You've got a copper. No, it doesn't okay, matter. so you are having I packed a it with flavor. Just in the wrong, I packed in the wrong it glass. It. it doesn't matter what glass it's in. I packed it with flavor. Don't it's say fine. It doesn't matter. I will have you know I'm a proud graduate of the Minnesota School of Bartending, and the glass does matter. <laughs> I didn't know the – before we dive into this, let's both take a sip yeah. of this delicious drink, and we'll have our opinions about its flavor because your mom, part of her backyard blast, offered this up as a summertime drink. So let's both take a sip. Calmly. What's your opinion? That is a rather pleasant summer evening drink, I would say. It is. It's uh, not as Oh, bitter. you don't think it's too bitter? Yeah, it's not as bitter as I thought. It's a little bitter. It's a little bitter. It's got cranberry in there. Not, it's not bitter. It's tart, maybe. I, I don't know where you're getting bitter. <laughs> ah, here we go. Um, you went it's to bartending nice. school? It's a nice drink. Why, when yeah. did that happen, and what? why aren't you still doing it? What's going on? Why did your career change like that? Yeah, that was, I don't know. It was more fun drinking than it was uh, serving, so. Is that what it was like in the class? Did you go to Normandale Community College to learn this? Where'd you learn this? Minnesota School of Bartending. Was everyone drinking all the time? Well, not at school, but like when you tend to bar, the patrons are drinking. 
Oh, I thought you meant like in school. You'd make the drink, then everyone would just drink it, get drunk, and then learn your next lesson. Well, no, you don't. This is colored water in school. What? They're yeah, not, well, they're not going to just... <laughs> you're not going to go to like the Midway neighborhood of St. Paul on like a Wednesday afternoon and just start making real drinks for nobody. They're, well, th- they're going to use water. All right, fine. Did you ever wind up being a bartender? Uh, not really. I like filled in a couple places here and there. Um, but no, it never came to anything. <laughs> now I'm trying to imagine you being a bartender. Were you the, like the really empathetic, like you slide the drink to the person, like, oh, tell me what's going on with you. How are you doing? Oh my God. You just sent me a picture of your certificate of bartending school. It's not a certificate. It's a diploma. <laughs> How long was the, was the, which I, I'll have you know, like that, that uh, diploma is framed and on my bookcase at home. And like, I don't know where my actual diploma from the U of M is. I think it's in a drawer somewhere. <laughs> Anyways, oh, how was your week? I don't know why you're asking. You know that's none of your business. <laughs> is that all week? None of my business? All week? <laughs> every day? 24 hours a day? <laughs> no, not quite. Uh, I don't know. It was just another week. Another week in the office with people. Yeah, how's that going? Is anyone starting to crack? It's... No, not yet, but I, there's going to be more people returning I've heard over the next week or two, so oh boy, more more people to share space with indoors <clears throat> for no reason and toilets. That's depressing. Yeah. Uh, does anyone talk yeah. about things like how Texas had to no. shut down again and how just this weekend Florida? Well, you, they wouldn't have been talking about that on Friday, but we just found out just this weekend that Florida has reached a record high that's beat every other state in America in one weekend. Of people that have been infected or tested positive. And I assume they're somewhat proud of that, if anything, I would guess. Yeah, probably. I've been reading a lot about, like, teenage kids that work at an ice cream shop. Uh, I don't know what state or what city. I just wound up reading about it or whatever. Uh, that oh, they, yeah, I saw that. I think that was in Oregon. Was it in Oregon? Yeah, and the poor teenage kids so. are wearing the masks and they're getting yelled at by yeah. certain moms and stuff just screaming at them and calling them names and yeah. like slamming the doors they leave and stuff and what the <sighs> hell is going on in our country right now <laughs> like they're wearing masks and it's making people go into a rage it's uh, really bad yeah it's pretty bad things are pretty horrible uh but anything else going on in your life besides work I mean, anything about work you want to come in you gotta have a work story Phil came nothing in drunk again. Got it's nothing? just no. It's just it's just work. There's nothing. Oh, although okay. So my workaholic boss. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was yeah Tuesday night. The last email I got from her was at nine thirty six p.m. <laughs> and Wednesday morning, the first email I received from her was six thirty a.m. I hate people. This like is my that. boss. Yeah. And then she had she took Thursday off. We'll pay time off for her. Mm-hmm. Took the day off. I still had two emails waiting for me Thursday morning before eight o'clock when I got oh there. She emailed me twice around seven thirty. It's, it's, she needs to get a life. I haven't. Yeah. I haven't checked my email, my work email over the weekend, so I'm shudder to think how many are waiting for me tomorrow. It's kind of stressful and demoralizing. So me, um, yeah, you. How was your week? Uh, nothing exciting. I've. Uh, had my little oh. minor victories at work <clears throat> with projects. You sold me for having nothing exciting to talk about, and then that's how you lead with your week. Well, I got a couple things to say, but they're not, like, fun. Oh. Uh, but, uh, okay. yeah, so minor victories at work project-wise, so I guess that's okay. But it just means I'm pushing out my week off of furlough, which is fine, I guess. Uh, but then 
Uh, I went to my friend's house, Corey, who you're familiar with, uh, and he's got that weird pond thing in his backyard, like a man-made pond yeah. that you swim in. Uh, I yeah, normally, I like that. I hate that thing because it's ice cold all the time, and it smells because it's all natural without chemicals, which just means there's algae in there. Well, regular pools just smell of chemicals. I know, which is better than the smell of fish shit and algae. Oh, uh, that's... He's got fish Are in there. Are there fish in there? Yeah, there's really cool. fish in there. And he's got, like, reeds yeah. so they can go hide in the reeds and stuff when you're swimming and the whole works. So. Yeah. But I went in this time, and oh, man, it felt good. The perfect temperature. Uh, it was fantastic. Oh, I thought it was, I thought it was always too cold. But not this time because the weather's been insanely no. hot. So no, I just right. got in there, and I'm like, oh, this feels amazing. Uh, it still smells horrible. I went home smelling like human feces. But uh, it did feel good. But I got so sunburned because I didn't put on any. I didn't know to put on anything. It's been a long time since I swam. That uh, You didn't I, know to put on sunscreen? For swimming? I haven't swam in like five or six years. It didn't occur to me. I, have, I don't remember having to do that in the past. So, uh, no, I'm blistered. I'm blistered on my shoulders from that bad of a sunburn. Uh, hopefully you, you've learned your lesson. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Old people shouldn't swim. I'm probably just going like, uh, to well, pull a muscle in my leg and I went, drown. Yeah, I went swimming over the weekend, and I put on sunscreen. I don't have any blisters on my body. Beyond that, uh, 4th of July, uh, there's no fireworks displays going on around the city, unless you want to drive further out. Uh, and I told my daughter, I'm sick of sitting in this house. Can you please leave your bedroom, and let's go take a walk, and just see if we see anything at all, like people launching them in their yards. Turns out everyone is launching illegal fireworks from their yards, like big ones that fill up the whole sky. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yep. It was like a war zone. So when we were walking, it was just like we could barely talk to each other or hear each other because it was just so loud with all the fireworks going off around us. But it's also kind of nice because we got to like sit in the front yard and watch all the fireworks going on just like not even a block away. Um, And that's pretty much it. Did you do anything for the 4th of July, Ben? Well, I... uh, Not in my business. Well, oh. I, was, I was about to tell you. Yeah, go on. Uh, Gretchen's out of town, so I used her pool. So that was nice. I put on sunscreen, though, so I'm not covered in blisters. Did you stay there during, like, did anyone launch fireworks in Gretchen's neighborhood? Uh, there was some of that. It stayed there till about 10 and then went back to the city. And, yeah, the city sounded like a war zone. And that was going on. <laughs> all night. I don't know how long it lasted in your neighborhood, but there were still loud ones going off at, like, 2.30 in the morning. Oh, wow. Which is a little obnoxious. Yeah, it's a little obnoxious. Uh, does Gretchen got yeah. anything for us? Yeah, Gretchen's got some stuff, but I, I think I have a couple of things before we get to Gretchen. Whoa. Go on. Um, I, I need to issue two corrections slash apologies from last week's episode, and then whoa. I'll let you issue your apology. Whoa, whoa, whoa. All right, go on. Do you know what you're apologizing for? I'll tell you if you're not sure. Oh, I read slightly ahead and forgot and put in the part about the cutting of the hand. Yeah, fuck you. You made me look bad. You're (laughs) telling me about the scene where Jacob cuts his hand while he's doing dishes. I'm like, I don't remember that at all. Yeah, that was like the first first couple pages. You read too far. How many times did we go over? We're Uh, reading chapters one. When I get on a roll. And then you talked about it. And so you remember that? I'm like, no, I don't remember that. That's weird. Okay, so... I'm not apologizing apologizing for that. that. I'm not apologizing for excelling at what I do. It's not excelling. This is being bad at following simple directions. We agreed (laughs) 
we, how much time do we spend talking about which chapters are we going to read just to avoid any confusion because there has been confusion on such things in the past to my credit and yet yes the hand cutting was in the first couple pages of chapter 10 because I backed up and started chapter 10 I'm like oh I'll that's right I read you in chapter 10 in the first one that's because I get on a note-taking roll. I'm sitting outside on my little deck, uh, li- you know, listening to music and reading, and I just get on a roll, and I'm just taking notes and taking notes and taking notes because I can highlight and type in my notes. I got a little lost. I got a little ahead of myself. What about, where's your, where's your apology? What well, is your I'm waiting on? for you to actually apologize. You're, you're not apologizing. Fine. I'm sorry, Ben. I'm sorry that I'm so good at reading and taking notes that I got a little too far. That's not a genuine apology, and you know it. It works in politics. <laughs> yeah. It also works in the Me Too movement. Every time somebody gets caught, then they say, I'm sorry that somebody misunderstood my signals. Fine, I'm sorry, I'm sorry Ben. What's your apology? Like you got... uh, well, the first thing is, is is a correction on Gretchen's bird blurb from last week. Oh, um, there, well, there was a comment in there, coming in hot, and mm-hmm. I'm like, I said something to the effect that I think this was a straight copy and paste job. Um, mm. But no, Gretchen called me to say that that was actually her <laughs> addition to that. So I just want to give her full credit. Um, for my favorite for line in the bird blurb? Yeah, I'm glad that it, that's yeah. her, that that's Gretchen's voice coming oh. through. I'm glad. And I love that she called you. <laughs> Sorry, Gretchen. Sorry I doubted you. Well, there you go. You got any, does uh, she got anything for this uh, week? Yeah, she does, but I have to get to my second uh, correction slash apology. We were talking last week about your friend's uh, worker visa from your friend from India, your coworker friend, right? Uh, I said it was an H1N1 visa. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's incorrect. H1N1 is the strain of flu. That was like the swine flu and the 1918 flu. I was kind of thinking that. The international work visa is is the the H1B is the visa. Oh, okay. There you go. and in my defense, there is also there's an H1B1 visa, so it's close. But H1N1 is uh, flu, not a work visa. So sure. I just want to uh, make that correction and apologize for that. I know when you said that before, and then when I was editing it later, in my mind I kept thinking, "Where did they make a visa that sounds a lot like swine flu?" But I didn't bother to look yeah. it up or second guess it. I just trusted you, Ben. I trusted you. I get, well, again, they do. Like, I would say H1B1 is very similar to H1N1. <laughs> so they do make a visa that's very similar to swine flu, and that's where the confusion came from. But, ah, well, yes. oh, you know, we got in trouble. Um, so my friend that I went to go visit, uh, he found out about the podcast all on his own. Like, he's very good at sleuthing. Well, he's not so good at sleuthing. We were sharing my desktop because we were both working on a project together. (laughs) And then an email came in for Glenn Nuzzles at Gmail. uh, And it was like... Wait, wait, wait. You're using your work computer for Nuzzle House? No, my personal computer. Nah, I'm using my personal computer because I never brought my work computer home. It's a long story. The work computer is so locked down, I can't basically use it. So I just use my personal one. So, uh, yeah, Glenn Nuzzle's email comes through, and it's just junk mail. But he sees that and doesn't say a word. And then Ooh. he goes and looks it up, and he finds my podcast. So now he, he sort of listens to D- it. Did he know that you, you had a podcast, but just didn't know what it was called? That, uh, yeah, because how, he was... How did he... He knew okay, I because I mentioned it, yeah. I, I told okay. him, I said, uh, like, oh, well, you know, the, like he's like, what are you going to do with your weekend? I'm like, eh, not a whole lot. I, I have a hobby, and someone do that. He's like, oh, what's your hobby? I'm like, I got a podcast. He's like, oh, what's your podcast? I'm like, I'll never tell you. No one's ever going to listen to it. Like, I got one show on the podcast where I speak in a funny voice, and that's embarrassing for people I know. And I got another one where it's a friend and I, uh, we review books that are bad books or whatever. 
And he's like, I want to find it. I'm like, no, you're not. So he did because like a dummy, I was sharing my screen with no idea that I was going to have an alert pop up on my screen that says, hey, Glenn Nuzzles, you got an email. <laughs> so, so did him did him finding it help or hinder your chances of getting that three-way with him and his wife? Well, the three-way is a problem, Ben. Uh, so he listened because he said like, oh, I hope you had a good time when you came over. Oh, yeah, I even mentioned it on my podcast. He goes, oh, I'll have to listen to it. I'm like, yeah, sure. So then he listens <laughs> to it. And then you're talking about three-ways and clean sheets. And then, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying like, you know, shut up, Ben, that's offensive or anything like that. I'm just sort of like, oh, you think that's the reason or whatever. Uh, so he took and he's like, yeah, I'm not really sure about your humor. Um, but if my wife hears that, I'm going to get in big trouble. And I was like, oh, really? And he goes, yeah. And I was like, it's totally a joke. And he's like, okay. And I'm like, like, if anyone hears it, they're going to know it's a joke. But, you know, maybe you and your wife, it's, you know, sorry. And I'm like, do you want me to get, like, I can, I'll delete it out if it's really offensive. He's like, no, no, don't worry about it. It's your show. You know, yeah, I'm whoa, like, whoa, what are you doing? Where you Don't succumb to the PC police. You're, leave it in. You better not take that out. It's not the PC police. He's from another culture. He doesn't understand the jokes we're making about having a three-way with him and his wife. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's all this cultural relativism run amok, okay? Yeah, boy, There's nothing see, wrong with a little ribald humor in there. Uh, leave it well, in there. So, yeah, I got in trouble. I didn't get in trouble. But, uh, yeah, so uh, that's, that's not happening again. <laughs> I'm not making any more conversations about my coworker because I don't want to risk offending him by accident. All right. So we'll have to find someone else to get you in a three-way with. All right. So anything from Gretchen? Oh, yeah. She's, it's a long one. I didn't read this yet, but this is a long text message. Do you want to start <laughs> with the joke or the... Wow. She's, she's keeping the joke format. Yeah, absolutely. Let's start with the joke. It's even worse than last week's. Or as good as last what week's. Do you- it's worse. <laughs> what do you call a woman with a toad on her head? <laughs> Just Lily. That. What's that? Lily. <laughs> so bad. Gretchen, maybe maybe enough with the jokes. I don't know. That was a really, that one was so weird and abstract. I love it. Just start, it opens with, what do you call a woman with a toad on her head? That got me right there. I didn't even need a punchline. But then Lily, it's perfect. Everything about that joke was perfect. Just as perfect as this cocktail I'm sipping on. Yeah, it That's is refreshing. Comely. Um, well, what's her bird blurb? Does she have a bird blurb? Well, again, she's gone rogue and decided to switch things up a bit. So we don't have a bird blurb. We have a toad tidbit. <laughs> Which is where the joke came from, too. It's a toad show this week. <laughs> the toad show. Uh, all right, well, it's a toad tidbit. <laughs> uh, toads can be one of your garden's best friends. They are strict carnivores and will eat all kinds of garden pests, including beetles, caterpillars, grasshoppers, grubs, and slugs. Mm-hmm. One toad can eat up to 10,000 bugs in a summer. You can entice toads to your garden by making a toad house. Bury a clay flower pot on its side about halfway up to make a cave, hmm. or turn the pot upside down with a few rocks under it to create an entrance. Wow. There are also commercial toad houses available for purchase. Happy gardening! <laughs> I The toad house is cute. Uh, how do you know? I don't know if I have any toads in my yard at all. Like, I've never seen one. Well, well, then you need to get a toad house, apparently. I said I've seen a dead mole. That was in my basement. Yeah. Did you Did you ever watch that Patrick Patrick Swayze movie, Toad House? 
Oh, wait, that was Roadhouse. I'm sorry. Oh, is that a little joke you're making? That's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't yeah, as thanks. good as what do you call it, one with a toad on her head, but it's pretty good. Well, yeah, I could possibly followed that. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that, should we dive into the show? I got a little pre-talk. Uh, not a lot of pre-talk, but I forgot to okay. mention something from the last chapters we read, uh, one through nine. And uh, part of I, ten. Anyways, one through ten. <laughs> God damn it. Well, you read part of ten. I did. Um, yeah, I didn't because I wasn't supposed to. I forget what chapter it was where, and I, I realized this later, so I wrote it down, but I forget what chapter it was where Bella and Edward are passing notes during class. The theme of her notes being, <laughs> I'm sick of this protecting me crap. I want to know when I'm in danger is the whole idea. But the one thing that stood out, and I forgot to write it down, and it only dawned on me later, was, so she's writing the notes, and before she can... Did it, f- wait, wait, hmm. did, did it dawn on you later, or did it breaking dawn on you later? <clears throat> well, I, I grinned when I thought of it. Oh. Anyways. <laughs> so... As she's writing the note, like he writes a note back to her saying, it's none of your business. I'll keep you safe. Then she's in the process of like, I'm sick of this protecting me crap. And she's writing it on paper. But then all of a sudden, Edward will look at her and like make a face because he already knows what she's writing because he's reading her mind. And she says in the book, he's reading my mind by making a face or saying something. But I thought the whole attraction of her was he couldn't read her mind. Isn't that the whole thing that makes her special out of any other mortal? I, I don't remember. I thought she just smelled really good. I don't know. I swear to God he couldn't read her mind. I thought Maybe there was I'm something wrong. about that, but I thought I thought we talked about this before, too, where we thought that he couldn't read her mind, but apparently he can. I, I don't know what's going on there. I don't know either. Well, the I'm last not, about, book I'm not about to go back and reread the first two books to oh, find no. out. So. Uh, but no, in the, in the last book, she kept thinking that she was like getting messages from him uh, in her mind of like, don't jump off that cliff or don't ride that motorcycle so fast and that kind of thing. And then I was like, this is ridiculous. I thought the whole point was he can't read her mind. Like, she's a mystery, and that's what makes her, like, makes her so interesting to him. But it turns out it was all in her head, and he never was telepathically talking to her. So it's like, okay, so I guess yeah, that's the but, rule. Okay, so it doesn't go that direction, but it goes, he can still read her mind, that she just can't receive his thoughts. I don't know. I swear to God, the author's not following her own rules. But maybe I'm wrong. That, all right. What it, well, that surprised me either, because the author is clearly a moron. Just making everything up. I know. Let's dive into chapter 10. Scent. Yeah. Jacob shows up at her house, uh, and Edward immediately... With with wet hair. (laughs) I I have that in here. Uh, Takes up uh, and and leaves. Uh, Edward takes off, and Jacob shows up. Bella brings up her impending transformation. That's when Jacob cuts his hand, and I won't... Whoops, I read ahead. (laughs) So then... Uh, and then, of course, he heals magically right there in front of her. That's... This conversation is where the line comes up about, um that he saw something on television about abusive teen relationships or whatever. Um, yeah. Jacob actually has to beg her to ask Edward for permission to come to his La Push bonfire party. Uh, one of the quotes being, I wondered if he was just so proud of his new muscles that he couldn't stand to cover them up. I had to admit they were impressive, but I'd never thought of him as vain. And then in the quote, big, uh, I mean, I know you don't just get cold anymore, but still, he ran a hand through his wet hair. 
It was falling in his eyes. Another quote? My clothes don't just pop in and out of existence when I change. I have to carry them with me when I run. Pardon me for keeping my burden light. Another quote being, that's more than just a fashion, because he only wears shorts and never a shirt. He goes, it's more than just a fashion statement. It sucks to carry jeans in your mouth. (laughs) Yeah. I just love the visuals of a wolf running with like a full three-piece suit in his mouth. Uh, Jacob asked her what it's like to kiss a vampire with fangs. And then she says he doesn't have fangs, which I assumed he always did have fangs. Yeah, how do they make the fang like? How do you? Yeah, they so have I'm, fangs, right? <laughs> I know, and also they they go where, out in the where woods. Where does the venom come from? Exactly, and they like they go out in the woods and they're eating rabbits and stuff. And also, if you're gonna bite a person to change them with your venom, you're just doing it with flat teeth. Yeah. <laughs> so now this is dumb. It was stupid. Um, oh yeah, go ahead. My. So Bella has a well-established aversion to blood. It makes her queasy. Is that yes. going to affect her ability as a vampire when she gets turned like she wants to? Well, as we learn later, you're not in your right mind when you get turned. But that goes yeah. in later chapters. Uh, but okay. yeah, Is I, it my, over time... Even later than I read? How many chapters did you read this week? I only read three. How far past chapter 18 did you read? <laughs> I only read to chapter 20. When okay. Jacob leaves, Edward shows up again. Uh, he's got her letter of acceptance for Dartmouth. Uh, and I wrote. Let's go back up. So, <clears throat> well, wait, maybe this is here. But um, hmm. Jacob cut his hand on the knife yeah, that said. we talked about last week, but I wasn't aware of that. Um, so <laughs> Bella was cleaning it up, and she was using a towel to clean up the mess. Uh-huh. And then she apparently was doing a load of laundry with just one towel. That's wasteful. <laughs> was she really? Yeah, I didn't care. Yeah, they made reference. She had to like go over like the washing machine is old and janky. So she had to go over and oh, that's rebalance right. the load of one towel. I'm like, how wasteful is that? Come on. <clears throat> uh, so she gets the letter accepted for Dartmouth uh, from Edward because he submitted it for her against her will and then brought it to her. Because apparently it's going to go to his house and not hers. I it's not how acceptance, like when you're applying with an application, you can't fill it out for someone else and then have it sent to your house and give it to them later. It, uh, anyways, says, you know, I teased half-heartedly, this whole secrecy and deception thing is kind of a pain. Edward's expression hardened. It gets easier after a few decades. Oh, this is in reference to her getting turned into a vampire. And then what is she going to do about her dad? Uh, and so then he says, you know, it gets easier. After a few decades, everyone you know is dead. Problem solved. I flinched. Sorry, that was harsh. He says, I stared down at the big white envelope, not seeing it, but it's still true. So that's just creepy dialogue. Um, Bella's mad that he's yeah. trying to convince her to go to Dartmouth. Uh, she wants to go to the University of Alaska and pay her own tuition. Doesn't want him to pay it for her. Plus, it's far away, so that she has time to think up reasons why she can't see Charlie after she's a vampire. She's going to try and avoid him. So she wants to avoid Charlie. Edward begs her to spend more time being human and not rush to be a vampire. Isn't the whole point about being a vampire is to keep her from dying once the Volturi, the time's up and the Volturi are going to come and kill her because she knows about vampires? Yeah, sorry. I just said Dartmouth is in Vermont. I'm sorry, it's in New Hampshire. I don't want to have to issue another correction next week. <laughs> Bella notices some of her clothing is missing. Edward thinks that it's the uh, that it's the intruder. I wrote, obviously. And why is she so casual about this? Bella learns that the murders in Seattle are getting worse. Edward's family thinks that someone built an army of newborns and that it's the Volturi will step in shortly. Uh, I said the same Volturi that brought a bunch of tourists in and killed them. Why do they want to protect humans now? 
Bella tells Edward that she wants to go to the bonfire party. Edward says that he'll allow it as long as he can drive her there and pick her up at the end of the night. Uh, quote being, Jacob crowed with undistinguished exultation when I called to give him the news, and he seemed eager enough to embrace Edward's safety measures. And I wrote, no one has any dignity. So, that's chapter 10. Eight. <laughs> you know, I looked up how many grins there are, and there is a lot. Wait, don't spoil it for me. Okay. I will, I wanna... I'll save it till the end of the book. But there's a okay. lot. It's ridiculous. And actually, not as many as when you I'm, think there would be. But okay. I'm, I'm curious if your count will be... I'm wondering... I'm curious how many <clears throat> I'm missing that, that, that just don't even register with me anymore. So you I'm know, curious. The number... If you're searching. With how many grins you're pulling out, I think you could probably write into the Kindle uh, app and say, you're not... You're, your searches aren't doing so well because yours seem exceedingly high compared to what their number was. But I won't tell you what the number was for the whole book. Um, chapter okay. 11, Legends. Bella meets the whole werewolf clan. Uh, she sees that Jared has imprinted on a girl named Kim. This is where it gets disgusting. That's not creepy at all. Yep. This is where it gets creepy because it's all about looks and appearance and are you beautiful enough because Bella's the most beautiful person in the world, according to this author. So everything's beauty. Uh, the reason why the Cullen uh, dad or whatever, I forgot his name already, uh, why he turns anyone is based on their beauty. Are they good looking? Well, I got to save them. That kind of thing. Uh, so the quote being, my first impression of Kim was that she was a nice girl. Ah, a little shy. Eh, a little plain. But she had a wide face, mostly cheekbones, with eyes too small to oh, balance yeah. them out. Her nose and mouth were both too broad for traditional beauty. Her flat black hair was thin, ah, wispy, and the wind that never seemed to let up atop the cliff, which is weird. That was uh, my first impression. But after a few hours watching Jared with Kim, I could no longer find anything plain about this girl. I wrote, uh, just so crappy. It's all about looks at this author. Next quote being, the way he stared at her. It was like a blind man seeing the sun for the first time, like a collector finding an undiscovered Da Vinci. <laughs> like a mother looking into the face of her newborn child. I wrote Jesus Christ. Next quote, how her skin looked like russet colored silk in the firelight. How the shape of her lips was the perfect double curve. How her white teeth were against them and how long her eyelashes were. Brushing her cheek when she looked down. So it goes from she's the ugliest girl she's ever seen to, well, if he loves her, now I guess I can find beauty. Being loved by a man is the only way a woman can have worth. Is that the takeaway here? I, that's, you put into words my frustration. That's exactly it. Because otherwise she doesn't have worth unless a man's loving her. Now she's beautiful. So that's a very good point. Thank you, Ben. <clears throat> There's a werewolf-sized hot dog dinner before Billy Black starts to tell the story about how they came to be. Uh, Speaking of which, did you see uh, Joey Chestnut ate 75 hot dogs in the hot dog eating contest? Good for <laughs> no. him. That's a new record. Why? They estimated that's like 22,000 calories or something. So good for him. Anyway, so the story starts with the spirit warriors. When the Quillettes were forced from their land by another tribe. Some of the warriors could leave. This is the long story. And I'm trying. Yeah, this is a long, boring story. <clears throat> yeah, I'm trying to uh, plow through the major points. Some of the warriors could leave their bodies, go ghost harassing the intruders by turning animals and natural elements against them. After their victory against the intruders, the chief, Taha Aki, ruled in peace until one warrior, one warrior uh, Utlapa, tried to overthrow him. Uh, one day, when Taka, Taha Aki left his body, he 
possessed the chief's body and then killed his own body? I'm confused on that part. To make it look like the chief killed him? So that part... Yeah, he basically, yeah, took the chief's body. Yeah, it was... It's a dumb legend. Yeah, it wasn't good. But it wasn't as offensive as I was expecting it to be. Because as soon as they started, I'm like, okay, here we go. This is where it's going to be, like, really racist or something. But it wasn't the worst thing, I guess. But I don't know. This still wasn't the greatest either. Uh, Tahaaki didn't like being without a body out in the forest uh, for so long, so he asked a wolf if he could share the body. Boom! Werewolves are born. Utlapa killed one of their best warriors. Tahaaki's rage turned him into a man with the strength of a wolf, and he killed Utlapa. Tahaaki passed his gifts down to his many sons, resulting in more werewolves. Then Quill shares the second story of how vampires arrived. Uh, and this just makes this just paints the picture of why vampires don't seem appealing. Why would you want to be one? Because you hear this story, which is kind of whatever. But then the vampires. Uh, when people from Tahaaki's tribe went missing, he sent his sons to find them. Vampires had murdered all of them except for one. After a while, they learned how to fight vampires as a pack and tear them to pieces and then burn their pieces to keep them from coming back. One day, a sexy vampire decimated the village. Uh, she nearly got Tahaaki, but his wife killed herself by stabbing herself in the heart so that so much blood was all over the place that it distracted the vampire woman and they got her... Uh, they, they killed her. The war between them ended when... Uh, Carlisle, Cullen, that's the dad, showed up saying that they meant no harm and made a treaty. Uh, Bella falls asleep in the middle of this like a dick. Edward picks her up at the end of the night. Bella has a nightmare about what she heard involving Tahaaki's wife. Uh, and then I write, uh, the story of the werewolves is far more human and appealing and less dark and disgusting and gross than the vampire story. Why would she still want to be a vampire so bad? So that's chapter 11. You got any thoughts? So, Bella has this motorcycle that she fixed up with Jacob before. Yeah. And she's still going to be riding it, so Edward got her a helmet and so like a leather jacket. Oh, yeah, that's right. Which, Told her how sexy she was. And then Jacob saw her with the helmet, and he's like, that didn't even occur to him to get her a helmet. And how... <laughs> the, clut the klutz on the motorcycle, maybe she should have a helmet. Like, is that really that hard to... Come on, Jacob. You're better than that. Yeah, that's true. I think that's more the author for getting that detail in the last book. <laughs> so it's just more of like, look, look how Edward protects her. Edward loves her and protects her because she's a giant. Like, she's got to be infantilized. Well, all right. Chapter 12. There, well, oh, go there ahead. two was the count for that chapter. How many? Two grins in chapter 11. Oh, two. Two. Oh, that's surprisingly lacking in grins, especially during like a campfire story. Chapter 12, time. Well, the old, the old werewolf Indians, they don't grin very much. They're a, a proud and stoic people. <laughs> what do they do? They, they smirk knowingly? I don't know. All right, fine. Time, chapter 12. You got an intruder in Bella's room. Uh, you got a vampire army in Seattle. You got the Volturi that are coming. But Alice is going to throw Bella a graduation party. Uh, Bella realizes... That she will be a vampire in, ooh, only one week. The quote being, I was out of time, and I wasn't ready. Being a human is all I knew. And I wrote, I also only know being a human. What the hell was that line? <laughs> that was the dumbest thing I ever read. Bella stupidly worries that Edward won't be attracted to her when she's a vampire. Edward says that she will always be his Bella with, quote, just a little more durable. Uh... And I said, everything about this interaction makes me want to burn my Kindle. Edward says 
that if she wants him to turn her, she has to marry him. So that's more controlling behavior. Uh, She says, people don't just get married at 18. Not smart people, not responsible, mature people. I wasn't going to be that girl. And I wrote, she's going to spend eternity with him as a vampire. And she's been looking forward to it. But marriage is too much. Before 18, she's going to spend her entire existence with this family. It's just so stupid. Uh, They read about more killings in Seattle. Yes. And uh, Edward decides uh, that they need to stop all the killings in Seattle. And he needs to talk to Jasper about the strategy. Uh, Is this... Oh, I wrote... And I was going to ask you because I wrote this at one point and then got messed up but I said is this the chapter where Alice says uh, I know what you're getting me for my birthday at what point does Alice do that whole routine to Bella like hey I know what you're getting me for my birthday thank you it's like it's like tickets to a concert uh yeah that wasn't for her birthday that wasn't a graduation present oh for Alice sorry yeah that's right she was getting his gift yeah but I said over here like oh you're giving me this gift thank you it's like tickets to a concert I don't know if it's this chapter or now but I wrote... Uh, I don't remember. I think it was later. I don't know. Maybe it was this chapter. Yeah, I wrote it on a piece of paper. But I wrote, oh, so now her skills for seeing the future work? Because they're not reliable at all up until this point when she's going to get a gift. Um, which comes in later. Chapter 13, Newborn. Wait, wait. Whoa, to hold up. Jesus Christ. I'm plowing through. First of all, <laughs> two is the count on that chapter. Oh. And also the... Uh, the newspaper has an article about the, the mysterious killings in Seattle. Yeah. And did you read this stupid fake article? Well, is that the one where they talk about, like, we think it's the work of more than one person because one person couldn't kill this many people. I remember that whole thing. Well, okay, so there, there's a string of murders, like a lot of murders, and they're thinking that it's, like, too much for a serial killer. So the police instead are leaning towards the theory that it's gang activity. This theory is supported by the sheer number of victims and by the fact that there seems to be no pattern in the choice of victims. So yep. in Stephanie Meyer's feeble mind, that <laughs> that's what gangs do. Yeah, gangs will do know. Jack the Ripper style murders. <laughs> to like, for yeah. what? If you want to stand on the corner and sell dime bags of weed, we need you to murder 39 <laughs> people for exactly. the proof that you're in this game. Yeah. Oh, because that's the same kind of logic that Trump supporters use when it comes to, like, MS-13. That was a big scary thing four years ago for Trump. Like, the gangs from Mexico are coming up. And Do you think Stephanie Meyer is, like, a huge Trump supporter? Like, she believes in... Oh, probably. we, we got to look this up. She's had to have expressed uh, her political opinions at some yeah. point. Yeah. Oh. She's either completely apolitical. She's like, eh, politics don't interest me. That would be my more likely choice probably oh no i'm convinced that uh she's probably put on twitter her political i'm gonna have to look this up we'll look this up i'll have an answer by the next uh the next episode i'm looking it up right now i'll have an answer by the time you're done talking about this chapter all right fine let's get into chapter 13 newborn yeah Uh uh-huh cullen house jasper talks about his origins so this is the jasper story yeah, my first note was like, I have a feeling this is going to be a very long story. Oh, and it as, was. As long as the werewolf origin story, and it was. You're absolutely right. Uh, this is where I put on the headphones, and I got the audiobook, and I was out doing lawn work. And by the time I finished an hour and a half of lawn work, the this chapter was done. But the person reading is probably a slow reader. Just like humans uh, fight for land, vampires fight for land to just kill humans. 
One vampire, Benito, started creating an army of young vampires. They're more destructive, and they are hard to control and will turn on each other. So that's just brand new people, Duh, despite your age. When you're brand spanking new and you get bit with the venom, uh, you're just kind of out of your mind and want to kill everything, as far as I understood it. Other vampires did the same, and soon there were vampire wars everywhere. The Volturi stepped in and brought peace. Smaller wars still continued. Jasper was turned by a vampire called Maria. Uh, because uh, he could manipulate the emotions, she made him in charge of training young vampires. Jasper becomes war-weary, and he looks for other ways to be a vampire. He meets Alice, who brings him to the Cullens. Jasper says that they have to stop the Seattle Vampires uh, army soon, because otherwise the Volturia is going to step in. I wrote, wouldn't the Seattle killing just be vampires against humans, which the Volturi don't seem to care about since they take tourists and slaughter them en masse? Uh, doesn't the Volturi love killing tourists? Uh, doesn't the Volturi only get involved if vampires are killing vampires? Uh, then the Cullens decide to step in and stop them. Uh, when Carlisle calls other vampire families, those families won't help. So that's chapter 13. Anything from you on that? Uh, I don't have anything to add to that. Oh, wait. Uh, yeah, I do, actually. So, Jasper was talking about being in Houston during the Civil War or whatever, right? Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> and which Stephanie Meyer described as a city. I, I was just curious. I looked it up. In 1860, the population of Houston was about 4,800 people. Oh, that's a... I think she just thinks because it's a big city now, it always was. What would you call that? A, a township? Would that be a hamlet? That's, I would, I'd <laughs> call it a town. <laughs> yeah. But I don't. I think I'd stop short of calling a place with forty eight hundred people a city. Chapter fourteen. Declaration. Alice still wants that graduation party. Edward plans to go on a hunting trip, and he brings Bella to the push to keep her safe. Jacob knows that Edward can read minds, so he tortures Edward with sexy thoughts about Bella. And I said I thought they weren't supposed to really be able to influence. Where? All right, fine. Bella invites Jacob to the graduation party. While Jacob sleeps after doing shifts to keep an eye on their territory, Bella thinks about turning into a vampire. She decides it's worth marrying Edward. The quote being, There was something about him being the one to make the choice. I wanted his venom to poison my system. <laughs> Jacob wakes up and tells Bella he loves her. He says, I'm in love with you, Bella, and I want you to pick me instead of him. Uh, I need the truth out there so that you know your options. And I, that's how that chapter ends. And I wrote, is Stephanie Meyer, like, trying to work a cliffhanger? Because chapter 15 dives into the continuation of the same uh, conversation. Anything you want to say about chapter 14? Uh, I think, well, they, first of all, did I get the grin count on chapter 13? I think I missed that, didn't I? I asked. I thought I asked you. Uh, what is the grin oh. count on 13? Chapter 13 was 2. Chapter 14 was 6. Wow, that's a lot of grins. Um, so they're planning this graduation party. Alice is planning it for her and Edward and Bella. The high school graduation party mm -hmm. that the 200-year-old vampires are planning and looking forward to. <laughs> and it turns out that Bella's mom can't come because her baseball-playing husband injured himself playing baseball. Oh, and I miss which, that totally. First of all... So he, his injury was he broke his thigh bone, as Stephanie Meyer wrote it. She didn't write femur. She just wrote thigh bone because she's five years old. <laughs> also, I think the 
the femur is the largest and strongest bone in the body, and somehow Phil broke it by getting tangled up with the catcher. <laughs> I think you have to try pretty hard to break your thigh bone, so that I was amused by that paragraph. Chapter 15. Uh, oh, are you done? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I have something, but we can save it for later. It's no, about that you want to talk about now? Go on, talk about now. I didn't mean to No, it's, it's just, it's, it's about Stephanie Meyer. Well, go I was ahead. trying to look up how she leans politically. I didn't find that yet, but I'm <clears throat> reading an old interview that she had with The Guardian like seven years ago, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 2013. Um, but she says, so they're talking about how Fifty Shades of Grey was started as a Twilight fan fiction by E.L. James. Mm-hmm. And so the person at The Guardian asks Stephanie Meyer whether she's read Fifty Shades, and she quickly emphatically says no. <laughs> Um, she says erotica is not her genre. She doesn't even read traditional romance. Why not? It's too smutty. There's a reason my books have a lot of innocence. That's the sort of world I live in. <laughs> uh, I love that it's like I'm so that, more... that explains a lot. If she wrote about sexual acts in this book... I think I would be far less uncomfortable or offended than the way she talks about the emotional relationships in these books, which is so offensive. How Edward treats her, how Bella has no aspirations for self-determination or anything. It's just crazy. Wow. Well, all right. Okay. Chapter 15. Wager. Bella doesn't know what to do with Jacob loving her. Uh, He says, I love you. Or she says, I love you, but I'm not in love with you. I wrote she spent the whole damn last book glued to Jacob and doing a lot of hugging and hand-holding. Why would any of this be a surprise and not something that she's already prepared to have to deal with because of how affectionate she was with him while Edward is away? Jacob anger kisses her. Uh, the quote being, his mouth was soft. Despite the anger, his lips molded to mine in a warm, unfamiliar way. Even though she didn't mind the yeah. kiss, she punches him in the mouth. What were you going to say? Was it an anger kiss or a rape kiss? That seemed like sexual assault to me. Uh, it definitely is sexual assault. Um, and the way it's treated afterwards, which I will get into, uh, only yeah, reinforces it's a that. that. Yeah, reinforces yeah. that. So uh, Stephanie Meyer makes a point of saying that she didn't mind the kiss, but she punches him in the mouth. Um, I wrote, trying to attack the offending organ. She damages her hand, punching him in the mouth. Jacob isn't bruised or anything. Jacob refuses to apologize because he's convinced because he thinks he's convinced her that he's opened her eyes to her quote unquote options. I said, great. That's a pretty rapey attitude. Just like a rape scenario. Jacob drives her home afterwards in silence. Just like a rape scenario. She tells her dad that uh, she damaged her hand punching Jacob after he kissed her against her will. Just like a rape scenario. Her dad loves that Jacob did it and even congratulates him on the attempt. So, yep. Congratulates. Bella's dad congratulates Jacob on sexually assaulting his daughter. His own fucking daughter. I know. Yeah. That is more offensive than if Stephanie Meyer wrote about a blowjob. <laughs> to me, as far, as far as me reading it. Edward yeah, arrives. Yeah, I was very irate. I was very irate by the time I got to this part of the book. Totally. It's just... And it's almost like she knows... I'm starting to wonder with all the preamble of her saying like, well, Watership down or, or no weather watership down weathering, weathering heights. heights yeah <laughs> weathering heights wasn't good either right like you can't judge my book based on whatever and, and then like the other comments she makes it just keeps reinforcing screw you this isn't an abusive relationship 
And then instead of trying to justify it or make you understand, she just doubles down and hammers it in. And then there's this scenario. It's almost like she was doing this on purpose because she just wants to piss people off for not liking her books. Um, also, on the on the Wuthering Heights thing, do the people who read Twilight, are they familiar with Wuthering Heights at all? I wouldn't believe Cause so. Because Stephanie Meyer keeps... Stephanie Meyer keeps dropping in references to Wuthering Heights as if I don't think there's a lot of overlap. There. Yeah, I didn't I didn't make a note of it. I forget what chapter, but that's like Edward started reading Wuthering Heights. Like, turns out it's not bad. I kind of identify with the main male character. And I'm like, what is going yeah. on? <laughs> this is so stupid. Edward arrives and he's pissed. I wrote, I can't believe I'm actually siding with this abusive asshole in this scenario. Edward. Charlie gets between them to stop the confrontation. Edward says that he'll break his jaw if he tries that again, instead of breaking his jaw right then and there for doing it in the first place. Jacob says, but what if she wants me to? Which is a sexual assault kind of thing to say. Edward says that he wouldn't object if that's what she wanted. But he also adds, she's mine. I didn't say I'd fight fair. So everything sucks. <laughs> in this whole scenario. Yeah, everything does. It's Everything's so horrible. No one's the good guy. There's no character in here. The only character with redeeming qualities, I think, is that one Mike character, the one that liked her and threw up or whatever. Yeah, who we haven't heard from at all in this book. No, he's the only character that just hasn't been offensive so far. When Jasper and yeah. Emmett find out about the punch Jacob's mouth, uh, they make bets on how many people she'll kill in the first weeks as a newborn. Uh, it makes her wonder how her transformation will change her. Quote being, if all I wanted was to kill people, what would happen to the things I wanted now? Was there nothing in this world that I wanted more than him? And would that change? Um, I wrote, why would you still want to be a vampire if you learn that you will kill against your current will? Everything about being a vampire is basically what all humans would consider evil or disgusting. Being with the werewolves seems far less violent and far less of a monster. Vampires gamble. Oh, go ahead. But Edward's very pretty. Yeah, I guess you're right. I don't know. Why am I getting... You know, what, I, else, what else do you need to know? I think I'm getting indignant right now because I'm a little jealous I don't have uh, an Edward in my life. And vampires gamble because they have the brains of teenagers. Bella wonders why that they would do things like gamble since they have everything. The author showing the gaping holes in the character development and world building. For example, Edward paid off Alice with a Porsche. <laughs> And, you know, you apparently keep the undeveloped mind that you were at when you got turned and you keep that mind forever. She wonders which human experiences she is not willing to give up yet. I wrote, what the fuck does that matter? There's no debate since if she stays human, the Volturi will kill her in under a year. So she won't be alive to, quote, be human anyway. Uh, it's like Stephanie Meyer forgets things that are supposed to be driving the story in the first place. So that's uh, chapter 15. Uh, what's the... Uh, Six. Grin count is six. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I said six was the count in the last chapter, but actually, chapter fourteen, the grin count was two. I think there was a chapter that actually had zero grins, so that's where I got off a little bit. So How was that chapter fifteen had six. Yeah. I don't know. You know, I wish or you were. Just in, why I, is bad. I don't know. When I was uh, listening to the audiobook while mowing the lawn, and I heard the word grin, now I'm just hyper aware of the word grin, thanks to you. Uh, I was thinking, like, my idea of what a grin is... Wait, don't try and blame me for that. Blame Stephanie Meyer. Don't say thanks to me. It's uh, Stephanie Meyer's... I think I let the grins wash over me after a while, but thanks to you, it's all... The word grin keeps popping out constantly. Uh, well, you let the grins wash over you. Meanwhile, I'm drowning in them. <laughs> <laughs> if you were here in person at the uh, the Book Boys studio... 
I would absolutely be doing my impression of what I think a grin looks like. And then I'd ask you to do the same. Because I want to see, like, what do we both think? Because I think grins look very perverted and creepy and slimy. Like, grins don't look, like, friendly to me. But uh, maybe if we get face-to-face, we'll have to do a grin off and see what our grins look like. Yeah. And we can try and grin each other's grin. (laughs) Which will make me grin. (laughs) Yeah. You can't help but grinning. If I grin, you're grin. I would love if you did your impression of what my grin looks like, and then I do it back to you. <laughs> We're both doing it at the same time. Anyways. I fear we would just never stop grinning, though. That would be an unstoppable grin cycle. Oh, it'd be an infinite loop of grins. Because then I'd be grinning yeah. your grin, because you've accepted it as your own grin. Anyways, chapter 16, Epoch. Alice gives Bella an outfit for graduation. Because Bella keeps getting annoyed that her stuff got stolen by the intruder from her room. Not that the the fear of a killer in her room bothers her. She's just annoyed that her stuff's missing. Uh, Alice buys her a sweater-skirt combo in the color blue, quote being, it's the color that Edward likes <laughs> yeah. to see you in. Yeah. Just unapologetic. And that's all that controlled. matters. Yeah, it's just completely unapologetic by the author. Yeah, he controls her. He likes to see her in certain outfits. Bella suddenly realized that the violence in Seattle and the intruder in her home are related. Uh, Alice has had some kind of, uh, up to this point, some kind of block about knowing what's going on in Seattle. I wrote, Alice is too stupid to actually understand her own abilities and the gaps in her abilities. If I had hundreds of years with a certain ability, over time I would know uh, how people are gaming that. Like, you'd, you'd understand your gaps and know how people are using that, and you'd be able to be like, why don't I know what's going on in Seattle? Well, I know X, Y, and Z is how people can take advantage of my not being able to see the future. But her, no. It takes Bella going, you know what? I think that's what's going on in my room in Seattle are related. And then Alice is like, what? It's just everyone's stupid. Someone is creating an army to kill her, not the Cullens. I wrote, fucking of course. Uh, were you going to say yeah. something? Sorry, I keep rambling. No, then, yeah. No, I have nothing to add to that. All right. I do have one oh, go ahead. chapter when, when you're ready. Okay. Well, Jacob is... At, a certain point in this chapter, Jacob says sorry for kissing her the other day. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. Jacob says, I guess I deluded myself into thinking you wanted me to. And then Bella says, deluded, what a perfect description. And Jacob says, be nice. You could accept my apology, you know. <laughs> and that's just like that's such typical like abusive behavior. Just like, what? I said I'm sorry for the uh, sexual yeah, assault. It's wrong. Just you if you would if you're nice, you would accept my apology for assaulting you. Yeah, that's and totally, everything is okay. That's a good point. You know, I'm so jaded and just, I'm, I guess I'm abused in my own way reading this stuff that when I when I read that line, I was just like, it's more throwaway language. It's just more throwaway conversation. It's like, hey, sorry about kissing you. I thought you wanted me to. It's just like, deluded. Oh, no, it's that's far totally, worse. It's, like, what you, it's like cliche kind of language and conversation where it's like, none of this has to be here. It could always just go away. But you're right. It's completely abusive and <laughs> controlling kind of language. Yeah. Oh, baby, uh, I'm sorry. You know I love you. Graduation ceremony goes on, and Bella, uh, Bella is barely paying attention. Bella asks Edward, uh, or tells Edward, that the intruder was just trying to get her sent for the vampire army. I said, why wouldn't Alice have already told everyone in the family about that if it's such a big thing that no one's thought of until now? Edward almost shoots a dookie right there on the spot. Charlie uh, has Bella meet her at a dinner, and Edward stands outside to keep watch. Charlie drives Bella to the Cullen house, and I wrote, so it's official. He doesn't hate Edward anymore for absolutely no reason. Like, it's not like Edward's behavior's changed. 
and suddenly Charlie's just like, okay, he's cool. Like, you just give it time. Um, Charlie yeah. tells her that he hasn't uh, been the best dad. She says living with him has been the best thing that's ever happened to her. Uh, I said at some random point in this chapter, so I don't, I forget where in the chapter, uh, Edward said that he would help her keep her newborn bloodlust in check. Uh, she thinks to herself, he would go to Antarctica, killing penguins with me if I had asked him. And that's, uh, that's something that happens at one point in that chapter. But he won't even go to Alaska to go to the, to the University of Alaska with her. Like, he's so controlling, he won't let her go there. Why would, why does she think that he would give up anything and go to Antarctica to kill penguins with me until I calm down? Like, he's never shown that he's sacrifices for her. So that's the end of that chapter. Uh, got anything you want to say about the Grin Count? No. Was that yeah. chapter 16, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, four. Oh, four for 16. Oh, I'm depressed. Yeah. Chapter 17, I think, is the chapter you're talking about with Jacob apologizing. Maybe. Yeah. No, that was, that was chapter... <clears throat> what? Uh, chapter 17 is Alliance, and I think that's where she actually Oh, yeah, it was party. chapter 17. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I was on the wrong draw I was talking about. I'm sorry. Oh, well, I'm glad you're apologizing now. You have to issue a, an apology later. Alice has turned the place into a really tits nightclub. Uh, the food is great. Yeah. The music's great, even though Alice wanted to play music to educate them. And I, I got confused on this part. Like, they made a reference to what kind of music it was, but I didn't. It's like it, they just said, like, it was like instructional or educational music, like from the library, like a CD. I got like I that. think it was just. No, I think the, the debate was do they play, like, popular music that the kids will know, or yeah. do they try and educate them by expanding their horizons with just different music? Yeah. Edward, Alice called from beside a gigantic speaker. I need your advice. She go. gestured toward a towering stack of CDs. Should we give them familiar and comfortable? Or should we give them familiar and comforting? Or, she gestured to a different pile, educate their taste in music. Mm-hmm. But then that keep going. It. There was more to that where they actually explained what the educational music was. Keep it comforting, Edward recommended. You can only lead the horse to water. Alice nodded seriously and started throwing the educational CDs into a box. I noticed that she had changed into a sequined tank top and red leather pants. Her bare skin reacted oddly to the pulsing red and purple lights. I think I'm underdressed. You're perfect, Edward disagreed. (laughs) You'll do, Alice amended. Thanks, I sighed. Do you really think people will come? Anyone could hear the hope in my voice. Alice made a face at me. Everyone will come. Edward answered. They're all dying to see the inside of the reclusive Cullen's mystery house. Fabulous, I moaned. There wasn't anything I could do to help. I doubted that <laughs> even after I didn't need to sleep and moved at a much faster speed, I would ever be able to get things done the way Alice did. This is amazing. Edward refused to let me go and dragging me along with him as he hunted up Jasper and then Carlisle to tell them of my epiphany. I listened with quiet horror as okay, he discussed their attack. There's like legal reasons why you gotta stop. You can't keep reading that much. Oh. Well, I was just trying to get to the part where they describe what the CDs were. I could have let you do that all night. Like, I could honestly sit back and just record you. Like, this would have finally been the audio. Like, I told you in the last episode, like the illegal audiobook version done by Ben. (laughs) Anyway, point being, I don't think they made any sense. Yeah, you're right. It was the the educational CDs that she threw away. Uh, I thought they described what they were, and I missed that part. But okay, I was wrong. It doesn't matter that I was wrong. I got the blessing of you and your crabby voice reading that much of Twilight out loud to people. Oh, that's staying in the show. Um, 
So Jasper says that the Cullens haven't been able to get any support from other friends and family to fight the Seattle babies. When the guests arrive, Bella and everyone try to be good hosts. Jacob arrives with Quill and Embry. And I wrote the standoff between the wolves and the vampires is childish and stupid. Uh, Jacob gives Bella a hand. Uh, then they make up and whatever. I think that's the point you're pointing out where he like apologizes to her and then gets pissed when she's not appreciative enough. He gives her a handmade gift of a bracelet with a tiny little wolf on it. Uh, he apologizes well, for kissing he, her. He did. He didn't make the bracelets. He just made the wolf charm. Yeah, they pointed that out. Like, why is that even being written? It, you gain nothing by knowing it, and it's like a good paragraph. That's why this book is 640 pages long. Just filled with empty fluff. Uh, she thanks him and says he's forgiven. Alice has a vision. She says that she saw a vampire army coming to Forks for Bella. So the whole town is in danger by association. Bella decides that she needs to sacrifice herself by meeting them before they get to town. I wrote, what would stop them from mass killing just like in Seattle? Uh, just because they got Bella doesn't mean that they won't immediately kill everybody else. Uh, when they learn that the babies are coming for Bella, uh, Bella looks at her classmates dancing and says, they don't realize that they will soon experience horror, destruction, and even death. Isn't death the part that the babies are really good at? <laughs> Why maybe death <laughs> or whatever? Um, I Jacob says that the vampires and the wolves should join forces so they can defeat the baby army. Uh, quote being, Alice is on her toes, Jacob leaning down toward her. Both of their faces lit up with excitement. Both their noses wrinkled against the smell. And I wrote, ha ha ha, get it? They both hate the way each other smell. Jasper sets up an emergency meeting in the woods to talk strategy. So, chapter 18. Oh, do you have a grin count for the last chapter, 17? Three. Oh, that's depressing. I mean, it was during her graduation party. I mean, there's dancing and music. I thought there'd be a lot more grinning going on. Don't worry, there's more in chapter 18, including one of my favorite <clears throat> grins of this oh. section. So. Whoa, 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 okay. Well, chapter 18, I was going to say, is a completely throwaway chapter. It's not a battle. It's them talking about getting ready for battle. And it was just stupid. So, chapter 18? Yeah, a little bit of strategy and practice. Yeah, which you, you don't need this chapter. And it was long, too. You did not have to have this thing. Instruction. Bella worries about the wolves' safety. The quote being, they were just oversized, over-muscled children. I wrote, the vampires are the children here. Mentally, you should be worried about how dumb they are in battle, not the wolves that seem slightly more mature and intelligent. So, Stephanie Meyer just is constantly trying to... She creates a better option, and she's trying to downplay them, which doesn't make any sense to me. Because all the vampires are morons and have clearly forgotten about uh, Victoria from the last book, Bella thinks that she's the one making the army. And the vampires just never thought about that and clearly forgot all about uh, Victoria. I said, wouldn't all this shit be settled if they just made Vel uh, Bella a vampire back at the beginning of the book? For some reason, the author keeps forgetting that if the vampires know she's in danger... Uh, and that the only way to keep her alive and not kill innocent people, and that they care about Bella so much, they should have done it to, quote-unquote, keep her safe, which is the running theme that they always keep telling her all the time. Edward thinks it's the Volturi, I wrote, for no reason. It's the complete opposite of everything we learned about the Volturi. At the beginning, the vampires, or at the meeting, the vampires are surprised to see the wolves, whose number has grown, and Bella can't tell who the others are. Also, for no reason, Jasper shows off his fighting skills by having vampires stage mock fights against each other. They're super fast while they do it. Bella wants to help. I wrote, how? And Alice says no, and she'll be monitoring Bella to keep her safe. 
After the meeting, Edward communicates via his mind speak that they will uh, meet at the same place tomorrow night. I wrote, why? Can't he just say it with his mouth? And I also thought that you couldn't talk to or read or talk to wolves' minds or whatever and interact with them. Like, vampires can't do with humans, or they can do with humans. The wolves do a round of sniffing on the vampires to make sure they don't get them confused with uh, the babies later. I said, why? Can't they just use their eyes? Later, Jacob shows up to talk about uh, where to keep Bella safe during the day. Uh, Jacob, uh, wolf smell obscures Bella's smell so they can't pick up her scent. I said, okay, whatever, I don't even fucking care anymore. They plan to use Bella's smell to leave a false trail that leads to the Cullens. Jacob will take her someplace deep in the woods. Jasper says that having Bella there during the battle would be a good idea because it would drive the babies crazy. Edward and Jacob yeah, say ever, no. Yeah, have her there in the middle of the field as bait, basically. I know. And there's... Yeah. For the running theme of we want to keep you safe, trust us, we'll keep you safe, which they should have made her a vampire a long time ago if they really thought that was true. Putting her in as bait is like completely the opposite of their running theme. Uh, Edward and Jacob say no, they want her safe. I said, let me guess. In the end, she's going to be there. Jacob decided to assign Seth, the newest member of the pack... Uh, to watch Bella. I said, let me guess, he's too new and dumb and she's going to slip away and go to the battle and she's going to sacrifice herself at some point like the wolf legend where the woman... Whoa, 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 whoa. Did you read ahead? No, I'm guessing. Don't spoil things for me. I'm just guessing. Stop spoiling it. Not reading ahead. I said this whole chapter did not need to happen. It was a complete waste of time. But all it did was spell out what we're clearly going to read in the next chapter or two. She's going to sacrifice herself like the wife did in the story from the legend for the werewolves. Or something. She's going to come close to trying to do it. And no one will just turn her into a vampire and end the whole thing. So that's the end of chapter 18. Do you got any uh, numbers or thoughts? The enormous russet-colored wolf seemed to feel my gaze, and he looked up at me with familiar black eyes. I stared back at him, trying to believe what I already knew. I could feel the wonder and fascination on my face. The wolf's muzzle fell open, pulling back over his teeth. It would have been a frightening expression, except that his tongue lolled out the side in a wolfy grin. I giggled. Jacob's grin widened over his sharp teeth. <laughs> I think that was my favorite grin in the whole book, the wolfy grin, and then he grinned some more. Well, there you go. That was chapter 18. Uh, let's wrap up the show. Please. What did you think yeah. of uh, this last, uh, last batch of chapters? What did you think about it? I got more and more irate as it went on. It's just, yeah. it's such, it's so poorly written. It's so disturbing. Like the rape stuff, the sexual assault and troubling relationship dynamics that have been present throughout all three books that we've read are just more apparent. And yeah. Um, and it's like she's doing coming it into sharper spite. focus and it's like, yeah, it's just it's disturbing. Like she knows what people are saying about her message or her you know messages in the book or whatever by this point, and she's just doing it more and harder. Like as, uh, uh, that's the impression because she thinks it's fine. I guess I don't know. Like what? Yeah, she just thinks everyone else is wrong. Like no, this is perfectly healthy and normal. This is how people should behave. Yeah, I know, and it's ridiculous. Like she's trying to over defend herself. It's kind of like if someone makes a racist comment and they're like, "What? I'm not racist," and then they say more racist things. 
And you're just like, you just got to stop. Just stop. She's not stopping with with her weird, abusive relationship dreams. It's crazy. Uh, Yeah, I found myself in these uh, last few chapters um, getting really angry while I was reading it. Like, I'm just like, this is getting outrageous. Like, at what point does an editor step in and be like, you're basically writing horrible stuff. Like, is this really the direction you want to go in your story? Because you're writing a story about abusive asshole people, and this woman's not going to end up happy, right? Like, your message can't be that she ends up happy in the end. Um, But nobody stepped in. They just kept letting her write. Uh, Going forward, what do you think's going to happen? I'm convinced that what I was saying in the last chapter, that uh, she's going to go to the battle, because she's got to be... Also, we've learned that if Bella's not there, the narrator won't write about it. We saw that with when she passed out that one time, and they described the battle to her later. Um, if yeah. She's, yeah, if she's not at this battle, we're not going to know what happens. So Bella's going to basically have to be there. <laughs> but you're right. She's going to sneak past the dumb new wolf. And totally. She'll be there. Yep, she's setting it all up. So uh, I'm sure that the next couple chapters will be horrible. How many more pages are left? Do you know off the top of your head? About 220. Oh, God. All right, fine. I know. And then and then the next book in the saga is even longer. <laughs> God damn. I was kind of hoping that you'd say, yeah, let's stop at chapter 14. We'll have a nice short episode, and then we'll do the rest of the chapters on the next episode. Because that means I could take a break from having to read this crap. It's so hard like I'm getting past the writing like her writing style doesn't piss me off anymore this these last chapters was just the message and the message drove me like I almost beat one of my cats I was that angry well, yeah it's bad don't, anyway, don't abuse the animals though don't take it out on the animals the cats are innocent here they're not because I read it out loud to them I sit there and shout it through the window when I'm on my deck so they know the whole story. If they're not hiding when I come in, it's their own damn fault. Well, you got anything <laughs> else you want to say about these uh, stories or these uh, chapters, Ben? Are you ready to move on with our lives? Are you going to apologize to the cats after you beat them and then everything's okay? No, it's their own fault. I'm protecting them. It's the only way they're going to yeah, learn. Okay. If I've learned mm-hmm. anything from these yeah. books, I can be abusive towards the cats. I force kisses on them all the time. They want it, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And if they don't, I'll make them a they- little bracelet. With a little man, like a human man on the bracelet. (laughs) Yes. All right. Well, thanks for listening. And uh, is Ben, you you used to shout book boys. We know this and you won't do it till we're face to face. But do you have any kind of placeholder during this COVID period where we're not face to face? You got to think of a placeholder. Like maybe you whistle something. something. That doesn't feel quite right, but I, I'll come up with something. Yeah, sing a Maybe. little song or something at the end? Like a really short thing. No? Maybe I should just... Well, I don't know. Maybe Maybe next time I'll, I'll find a particularly juicy paragraph or two and just I can read. There you go, because you reading is fantastic. Yeah. yeah, there you go. So next time you're going to read a little passage. That's your job. Yeah, and we'll, we'll fade out with that. And next episode... I will also look, but we got to figure out what her political stance is. I'm convinced she's a Trump supporter. I didn't find anything right off the bat. I'm guessing she's apolitical. I bet you she's just like, politics don't interest me. Uh, Maybe. Well, we'll find out. All right. Well, thanks for listening. And uh, we will see you next week.